there's been a lot on my mind over the last few weeks. And um, I, I needed a little bit of mental um, separation. I think y'all can understand what I'm talking about. So, but I'm very excited. I was able to have the house all to myself yesterday. And uh, time alone with the Lord to prepare my heart and my head before the Lord. And, and able to push out everything and to just really focus on the, on the scripture text that I believe God led me to. I am continuing in my series, Following the Journey of the Children of Israel. What originated as the Word of Faith became the Journey of Faith. And I've just been unable to let it go. I thought I would close it or wrap it up. And I may even somehow find a way to, to follow this narrative after Pastor Burton preaches, even though that's right before Easter. We'll be going into the Easter season. Um, but I just it's just in my heart right now. So I've just been finding the Word. It seems to have come alive to me. So we're going to read four verses today um, as an opening text from four separate passages of Scripture. So if you would, you can find it in the Word of God with me by turning to Romans chapter number 10, verse number 8. If I didn't ask the visitors, if we do have any visitors among us, if you haven't filled a visitor card out, there is a card in the seat in front of you. Please take a moment of time, fill that out. If you could put it on the table, take it to the table that's in the foyer. we just like to have a record of your visit with us, so that means a lot to us that you've chosen to worship the Lord with us. So if you would, would you stand as you see that scripture there? We just honor the word of God here today. It's a, it's a tradition. We know all traditions are not bad. Come on, somebody. Romans chapter number 10, I can already tell you aren't saying amen very good so far. I need to have, uh, I'm grading you, because you know you're grading me, I, I, we know that. And so, Romans chapter number 10, verse number 8, it says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I love that verse of scripture, don't you? The word of faith which we preach. The word of faith is where? It's in our heart and it's in our mouth. Heart, we hear it, it's in our heart and we speak it. Now we're going to turn just to um, a couple other passages, Romans 15. Now most of you that have been following this sermon for months, or this sermon series for months, you know where I'm at. Verse number four of the 15th chapter. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. We know it's important to grow in your knowledge and understanding of the Word of God, right? Remember what Solomon said, in all you're getting, get understanding. So for whatsoever things are written aforetime, written for our learning, that we, you and I, through what? Patience and comfort of the Scriptures, what will we have? We're going to have hope because if we've seen God work His grace in days gone by, He'll do it again. He's not a respecter of person, so we'll have hope. And then we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 10 because... In this 1 Corinthians 10 is when the Apostle Paul does exactly what I've been doing. The Apostle is teaching forward, but in order to teach forward, he looks back. And he looks back especially at the narrative of the children of Israel during what we call the wilderness journey. The 11th verse almost corresponds to... Um, and correlates certainly with the 11th or with that 15th chapter and 4th verse of Romans, this 11th verse. Because he, but, he, but this time he doesn't just focus on, in Romans, he said, all things are written aforetime. Now he's narrowed it. It's almost like he, it's, he's bringing it to a pinnacle. Now, all these things 
happened unto them for examples. What happened to them? Israel in the wilderness, the wilderness journey. And they are written for what? For our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So what are we going to talk about today as we look back to ancient Israel? We're going to turn to one passage in Numbers 31. Now, for many of you, if you're new to our church, Numbers is that book of the Bible that your pages are still stuck together. And so when you start turning there, you'll get a big swath of the Bible because they hasn't seen light in a long time. But if you'll pull it apart and get some, you got to get some oil that's on your fingers on there and get it a little bit loose like that, you'll find yourself going, wait a minute, this is the living Word of God. This is not an ancient, uh, antiquated, lifeless book. This book is, has uh, the very life that's inside of you is in this book, right? Because it's the Word that gave you life. Verse, verse number 6, just one verse, and actually we're not even going to read all the verse. We're going to just read the first phrase of the first sentence. It is all just one sentence. And Moses sent them to the war. And Moses sent them to the war. So how many of you know that you've discovered in your journey of faith in life that warfare is a part of it? It's a part of it. Come on, somebody. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Your journey of faith includes warfare. Come on, somebody. Let's put a, let, we need our hearts prepared. Now, it feels like we're a little distracted in here today. So I'm going to ask you to challenge yourself to bring your thoughts subject to this hour that God gives us here for the next little bit of time to just focus on this text and this subject matter that we're going to talk about. Amen? So let's pray. Let's pray for God to prepare our heart and mind. Father, we love you, and we're grateful for the reading of Scripture. Four verses that we found a correlation, and we arrived at a... Father God, we, we arrived at a particular place where we see a word of faith that Moses sent them to the war. God, it sparks within us the acknowledgement that there are times in our life when God calls us to warfare. So God, I pray that the Spirit of God would reveal the Word of God. Come on, somebody. And you would write on the fleshly tablet of our heart today. God, I've said it before, I'll say it many times, and that is, let preaching come easy in this house today, that the hearts of the people respond, and give us faith if we need to declare war in this house. God, if, if there, a declaration of war needs to be sounded in this room today, then give us faith, Father, engaging our adversaries, not adversary, but our adversaries, God, in Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen and amen. Now, if you're new to our church, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, you're amongst radicals. We're one step below being on some of the, uh, the government's uh, watch list. We probably already are there, just to be honest. Uh, we would be angled slight cultish um, because we believe in the authoritative word of God. We believe that it should change every part about our lives. And we believe in being a bright and a shining light in a darkened world. And so my responsibility to you as a pastor is to take biblical principles. Sometimes they're scattered throughout the Word of God. And I have to do what, use whatever gifting that God puts in my heart to extract them, ponder them, and then somehow present them in, to you in such a way that it, 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 that it bears witness with your spirit. And it connects to your life. And, and the, uh, these words become living to you today. And you're, it, it empowers you in your journey of faith. 
right? So real quickly, again, I can't go back, obviously, and retrace all the steps where we've journeyed with the children of Israel. When we see, when we use the term the journey, the, the word journey began after the Red Sea. It wasn't actually a wandering as of yet, and that's why I've kept it as the journey of faith. Wandering was a result of unbelief, but journeying is not. Journey is you're following, and so you're navigating, and you're following where God's leading you, the journey of faith. So the journey of faith with Israel during the book of Numbers, the book is named Numbers because of two censuses that were taken during this time prior to the wandering and then after the wandering. And there's a phrase that is connected to the census. And this phrase is, is that they numbered all the men 20, age, 20 years of age and older. And here's the phrase that was connected. All that were able to go to war. That's what they were enabled, or, or, or numbered by. It wasn't that they were numbered by their wealth or their pedigree. They, it was that certainly they were according to their tribe. But the most important thing was as they were getting ready to go into Canaan's land, they needed to know who could draw the sword, lift the shield, because the Canaanites were not going to just simply surrender their land to the Israelites. It was going to take conquest. Are you out there today? Now, in this journey, again, we're discovering and we have discovered that warfare became a part of their journey and it's a part of your journey of faith. Now, in their journey, Israel first encountered warfare long before the wanderings, long before, even before Mount Sinai, when they had camped at a place called Rephidim. The scripture says, while there, the Amalekites came out against them and when you and I've talked about this previously, but if you try to uh, you try to identify with it, Israel's not tra they're not trained soldiers at this time. They've had no standing army. They were slaves. Many of them probably had never held or wielded a sword. But in that time period, there had to be brief and quick training. Uh, I, I'm talking about boot camp got reduced from 11 weeks to one day, and it was put a sword and a shield. And go to battle. And so they went to battle against the Amalekites who came out against them. But Moses went up on the mountain. That's that famous passage of scripture in Exodus 17. And where Moses, Moses discerns that if he's like this, then the people in the valley that are fighting will get the victory. But when he gets fatigued and his hands come down, then the enemy gets the victory. Now you know there's a lot of depth to that, don't you, that we're not going to really go into. So that's the story, famously, where two men come alongside, Aaron and her, and hold up his arm, one on the left and one on the right, and it, as his hands go upward, then Joshua in the valley gets emboldened, and Joshua wins a great victory for God. That's that passage of Scripture where they raise the banner, and they call it, they, they call it there, they said, it's Jehovah or Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. If you're going to fight, you need to fight under the banner of the Lord. Come on, somebody. And so then we begin to see this, that warfare, though. Did you know actually warfare was the cause of the failure of the spies? The spies that were sent out to spy the land, they were afraid of their enemy. They were afraid that they did not have the military prowess or the, the numbers necessary to take the land. And they stumbled in unbelief because of their fear of the Canaanites. Israel would later attempt warfare when they re supposedly repented of their unbelief 
But God didn't go up with them. And matter of fact, Moses warned them. Moses, on that next day after this failure with the Canaanite, excuse me, with the spies, the scripture says, they said, we're going to go up. We're going to go up. All right, guys, get your sword. We're going to go up. We're going to charge this hill, and we're going to engage the enemy. But how many of you know, it doesn't matter how strong you are, how determined you are. If God's not for you, and God wasn't for them in that moment, and they were smitten before their enemy. So now the story's picking up in Numbers that 40 years of wandering is beginning to conclude. And it seems as if God begins to temper the people for warfare. Because sometimes there are, there are some little battles along the way. How many of you know God will, God will temper you, prepare you for greater battles that are yet to come? Sometimes when we're in the middle of a little battle that's in front of us, we don't really know that God is preparing us for something that we can't see, but He does. Right, And so there were little battles, early battles prior to Canaan. We won't go into them, but in Numbers 21, there's a scripture that says that, I believe his name is Arad or Arad or Arad, A-R-A-D, the Canaanite. He comes against Israel, but Israel wins the victory. Numbers 21 continues. It says Sihon, the Amorite, comes out against Israel. Israel smites him. I love the King James Bible, smites him. And then it says Og, the king of Bashan, uh, comes out against him, and he smote him as well. So there are little bitty pockets of small warfare. God is conditioning the people that, to, that warfare is a part of your journey, and you have to embrace it. And then we come to this passage here in Numbers 31. We're going to go ahead and read those verses that led up to that sixth verse here. So the Lord speaks unto Moses, and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And he said, afterwards shalt thou be, he tells Moses, Moses, this is your last hurrah. You're going to tell the people to go to war, and then you're going to die. You're going to be gathered to the people. You don't get to go into the promised land. Moses spoke unto the people, or spake unto the people, arm some of yourselves, catch those words, unto the war, and let them go against the Midianites, and avenge the Lord of Midian. Now, everybody didn't go up now, but of every tribe, a thousand. So 12,000 were sent throughout all the tribes of Israel. Shall you send to the war? So there were delivered out of the thousands of Israel, a thousand of every tribe, 12,000 armed for war. And Moses sent them to the war, a thousand of every tribe, them of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, to the war. Look at this closely. I'll catch this in a moment. With the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. And so why were the Midianites targeted? It's because the Midianites, especially the Midianite women, that had led the children of Israel into the apostasy and the idolatry of Numbers 25. Does anybody remember that? They're at Moab. The Midianite women were the ones that had enticed them to worship their false gods. And as a result, now God is announcing vengeance upon the Midianites. Be avenged, he said, avenge the Lord of Midian. And so Moses sends them to war. But he didn't send them just the armed soldiers. Notice who he sent. He sent Eliezer the priest to the war. We'll talk about that in a little while. But with the holy instruments. So some of the sanctified, set-apart instruments of the tabernacle were chosen and went with the soldiers into the war. But also the silver trumpets to blow in his hand. To blow for warfare. To call the people to war. Are you out there today? And we remember that in Numbers 10. Remember what the Lord had said in Numbers 10? Here's what he said. He said, if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresses you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets. And when you blow an alarm with the trumpets, you will, will be remembered before the Lord your God. 
And if you're remembered before the Lord your God, he said, you will be saved from your enemies. Come on, somebody. Amen. So it's a promise that was made to Israel. So Israel wars against Midian, and they win the battle. It's very violent. If you were to read the later parts of this chapter, it's very bloody. There are things that are execution-like that I'll have to reference here in just a little bit, uh, in a moment from now. But it was of the Lord. It was God's vengeance upon the Midianites. And so now later, Moses here, in this moment, in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses gives additional instruction for warfare. Now I want you to catch some of these things because I'm leading you somewhere. Because first that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. These instructions that were given to ancient Israel will speak to your heart. Because if you're not in a battle right now, you're going to be in a battle in the future. And you, and you need to have faith in your heart. And that's why all these things were written so that we could have hope. Well, we were able to look back on how God preserved ancient Israel so that when we're in hand-to-hand -hand spiritual combat with our adversaries, uh, we can say, my God is for me. Come on, somebody. And I can, be, I, I can have a confidence in this battle. And so Moses gave instruction. Now, first of all, it's, it's, it's actually called the law of warfare. It's in Deuteronomy 20. But before I tell you about those that he sent to war, let me tell you about those that he moved out of the, of the army. He said, okay, when you're getting ready to go to war, don't take these people with you. Here's who he said. First of all, he said, if you are building a house, he said, and you hadn't got to live in your house, then you don't, get, you don't go. Don't go. Well, I don't want you building a house and not get to live in it. Sorry, Dylan, you don't get to go to battle right now. Yay, yay. All right. <laughs> If you're planting a vineyard, not your garden, not your garden. If you're planting a vineyard, he said, and you haven't eaten of the fruit, then you don't go to battle. If you're espoused to a wife, which will be almost the same as uh, being engaged, not the same, but close to the same, and you have not yet taken her, the scripture says. So if you've not consummated the marriage, then you don't go to war. All of you go back home, he said. But notice this other verse here, this one verse of chapter 20, verse 8, of who Moses said, I don't want to go to war. He said, if there is any of that among you that's fearful and faint-hearted, let him go and return to his house. Because if he gets in the heat of conflict and his heart is doubting and wavering, and then he, that fear can spread. I mean, you know, faith can spread, but so can fear. And that's why everybody can't, you can't number yourself with everybody. You've got to know who you want in your foxhole with you. Come on, somebody. And, and so in this moment of time, Moses said, if that brother's heart is wavering, let him go back home and, and study the word out a little bit until he gets faith in his heart. Uh, sometimes I'd rather just have one or two with me full of faith than an army wavering in unbelief. So let's go and let's read now the four verses in that same passage. Of what Moses said here in Deuteronomy chapter number 20, the law of warfare. And we're just going to hear it and let the Lord just kind of quicken some of these things in your heart. So he said, remember what he said. He said, now you've got to have that priest. And the priest, he said, when you go out to battle against your enemy and you see horses and chariots and a people more than thou. Remember, that's what happened to the spies. They saw a people more than them. But he said, don't be afraid of them. Come on, somebody. I just want to challenge you today that if God be for you, come on, then it doesn't matter how many are coming against you. The key is, is if God is for you. He said, don't be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. 
He brought you out of the land of Egypt, and he's going to bring you into the promised land. So look at this. He said, and then it shall be when you come nigh to the battle that the priest shall approach. It's good to have the preacher around. Come on, somebody. And speak unto the people. How many know it's a, it's, that's why I don't go to a church that's speaking unbelief from the pulpit. Come on, go to a church where they build faith by speaking the word of God. And so the priest challenges the people. And he said, tell, here, I'm, matter of fact, God said, I want this sermon to be so right, short. God wanted a short sermon right before battle. He said, I'm going to tell the preacher what to say. Here's what I want you to say. Hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemy. Don't let your heart faint. Fear not. Don't tremble. Don't be terrified because of them. Come on now. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you, and he's going to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Glory to God. That's the kind of church that I want to go to. I want to go to a church uh, where the pastor looks at you and you say, Pastor, I was just told that I had this sickness uh, and I've got this disease. Uh, and, but the pastor stands up and tells you that the Word of God says that he bore your infirmities uh, and he carried your sicknesses and he carried your diseases to the tree. Uh, you may say, well, the pastor people have told me my children aren't going to be anything. But I come along to tell you that you can prophesy destiny over your children. Come on, somebody. In the name of the Lord. I want to go to a church where the Word of God builds faith in my heart to believe that with God all things are possible and to not let fear set in my heart. And you know what? That wasn't all the promises that had been made to Israel. I'm going to remind you of just a couple just real quick. I didn't give them those scriptures. I'm just going to kind of throw them out at you. One of my favorite, I just love this one. I can't see a wasp or a hornet without thinking of it. God said, tell the children, I'm going to send a hornet in front of them. I just love that because if I see a hornet's nest, I'm telling you, I run like a little girl. And that's what, that's what God said to Israel. He said, you won't have to dislodge them. Now, I want you to think about that right now. The state of Israel is in warfare right now. And they can't get Hamas out of the tunnels. But if they were truly walking in this, then the hornet would go in in front of them. Come on, somebody. And Hamas would come running out of those tunnels. Because God said, I'll send the hornet in front of you. God said in Exodus 23 and 22, I'll be an enemy to your enemies. Right? I like that. <laughs> I may fight, but I ain't fighting alone. Come on, my big brother's got my back. Right? Deuteronomy 28 and 7, God said this to Israel. He said, the enemy's going to come before you one way. But he's going to flee before you seven ways. And I love, again, another book of your Bible where the pages are still stuck together, Leviticus. In Leviticus 26, verses 3 and 7 and 8, Moses charged the children of Israel. He said, if you'll keep the word of God. So you can't be walking in unbelief and in disobedience to the word of God and expect God to fight for you. But if you're keeping the word of God, God said, if you're walking faithfully before me, God said, I will, I will come and I will fight with you and before you. And here's what you'll do. You'll chase your enemies. You'll put them to the flight. So God had promised aid in battle. That's part of the law of warfare. And you and I, in our journey of faith, we're called to the war. There's a moment in your life when it seems as if God says, you, 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 oh, and now's your number. Come on, it's time to go. Right? You might be in a season of peace right now, but it won't always be that way. One of the Psalms that you need to know, that you need to pray, is just one verse from the Psalm of David, Psalm 144. Verse number one, here's a prayer. You make it a prayer. It's a psalm to him. You make it a prayer. Lord, teach my hands to war 
and my finger. I don't know how to fight. God then teach me. Right, teach me. Train me in the art of warfare. And one of the things that I have discovered that's a part of the art or the skill of warfare is you've got to know who your enemy is. Right, you got to know. you got to be very, very specific in knowing who your enemy is. So today, quickly, I'm going to identify very quickly four enemies that I think all of us will have to engage in our warfare. Now, number one, and obviously first and foremost, is your adversary the... You and I actually believe that there are spiritual entities that were one time in the kingdom of God. There were angels that were numbered amongst the angels of the Lord, but because of rebellion and sin in their heart, they sinned against the Lord. They were driven out of heaven, and they war against the children of God. We believe that there are principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the times that we're dealing with, sometimes it's natural, but sometimes it's spiritual. I've said it before, you can't medicate a demon. Right? The only way, if it's truly a demon, the only way it's got to go is it's got to be forced to go by the authoritative word of Almighty God. Spoken in faith. So that's your first enemy. So we all know that. We over-deify. We deify the devil. I don't like to. I know I disappoint some of you because I don't talk about him enough for you. I'd still rather talk about my, my, my victory in Christ. But, but don't get me started there. Number two, people. You say, wait a minute, Pastor Brown. The Bible says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Correct. We do not engage people physically to advance the kingdom. We don't. We don't throw people down and put swords under their throat or over their throat and, and, and hope that they and demand that they will convert to Christianity like perhaps during the Crusades. We don't do that. We know that's not of God. But we do have natural or physical enemies. Everybody's not for you. Everybody doesn't want to hear about your testimony. There are many people on your job that are bothered by the hand and the favor of God upon you. And the enemy, the devil, will assign people to be a thorn in your side, right? To try to draw you out in the flesh. Paul the apostle said this. He said, a great door of ministry is opened unto me. But he said, but there are many adversaries. Many men. Did you know when you think about antichrist, we think about the, the antichrist. But when you read it, the scriptures closer, you'll see that the writer said that there are many antichrists. Anti means oppose Christ, and there are many men and women in our generation, workers on the job with you at the factory, college professors, elected officials, come on somebody, who oppose the nature and the kingdom of God. Now, we are to strive to love our enemies. I knew you wouldn't shout me down on that one right there. You're gonna, the visitors are going to judge me too harshly based upon your response. I know the Word of God says love your enemies. Do good to those who oppress you and persecute you and pray for them. But sometimes you'll find yourself praying a prayer like this. Paul the Apostle said, Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much evil. Here's Paul's prayer. May the Lord reward him according to his works. Because how many of you know vengeance is the Lord's? God announced vengeance on the Midianites. There are people that are your enemy, and you got to be able to discern and know. Come on, somebody. Number three today, who's your enemy? So he's certainly Satan and the kingdom of darkness. Certainly there are times that our people are our enemies. But I'll tell you what, 
This one we don't talk enough about, but the culture. First of all, let's go back to ancient Israel. Ancient Israel, it wasn't just the Canaanite people. It was the Canaanite culture that God was resisting by the presence of the Israelites and then actually brought warfare. It was their way of life. It was their idolatrous practices. You're missing a great place to say amen. Not only was Israel to fight against the Canaanite people, but they were to destroy the practices or the lifestyle that the people had lived prior. Let me tell you today, we've been in a cultural war in America for now on 50 years. Many of you have been afraid to get in the fray. But I'm telling you what, we're coming to a place when you can't sit silent much longer. Right? I know the Lord said in this text in Numbers 31, now's your time, now's your but I'm telling you, it seems as if we're coming to a time in this nation when all of us are being called to war. All of us are being called to confront the culture in America. In entertainment, in the sporting world, right? How about in the education system, the political arena, and now businesses are being plotted against one another. And as believers... You need to discern, and you be, need to be willing to engage the culture. It's a part of your calling because you're called to warfare. Number four, the one you don't like to talk about, the enemy that we often overlook, you, yourself. How about strongholds in your own heart, strongholds in your own mind? How about a way of thinking or a way of living that will train patterns of behavior? that are still waging against you, fighting against you, that you're going to have to engage in spiritual warfare. What about fleshly appetites, craving appetites? Did you know Scripture? Here's what the Scripture calls you to do to your craving appetites that will misdirect you on your journey of faith. Mortify. You know what that means? Put it to death. Put it to death. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Every day. Every day, I may not engage the culture every day. I may not engage the enemy every day. Most likely, we all are. But maybe, maybe if I was going fishing one day and I was in the middle of the boat and I didn't have a phone and I didn't have any culture around me and I, and, and I didn't have, uh, you know, uh, anything beyond that or Satan or whatever, I would still need to mortify me <laughs> right, all by myself. I said it a lot. We could, we could borrow from that movie title from the 80s. I can be bad and do bad all by myself. I don't need anybody's help. Uh, in Numbers 31, listen to this. Israel kept alive people God told to destroy. And they had to later execute them. And that's hard. It's, it was hard for me to read it. And I'm telling you, but God requires it. How many of you know everything's not of the devil? I'm going to make the... Maybe the, I know I'm not the, uh, you know, the, what is it, philosopher, the spiritual philosopher of our church. We have a number of people whose minds works more in that way. But I'm going to make a statement that I think has a little depth of spiritual philosophy into it. So you hear it real quickly. You cannot overcome the enemy within by rebuking the enemy without. You can bind Satan all you want to, but if the enemy is in here, you got, you got one choice. He, you can't rebuke it. You've got to put it to death. You've got to put it to death. That's our enemies, at least four, and I'm sure there are more. Come on, somebody. But those are four you're going to deal with when you're called to warfare. 
It's your journey of faith. I know I give you a lot. That's why y'all come back. Come on, somebody. Amen. Listen, I want you victorious. My heart is towards you in victory. And if I don't give you the principles of faith, things that I have seen in the Word of God and things that I have proven in my life, the things that I hope to share as your pastor when I take this opportunity are things that I have read, studied, meditated upon, prayed over, asked the Lord for revelation. But the overwhelming majority of the doctrine that I share from this pulpit are principles of faith that I have proven in my own heart and life. Remember, and I've told you this many times, remember when David was called to the war in the valley of Ella in 1 Samuel 17? When he came fresh from the sheepfold with nothing but cheese and wine to bring to the war, he wasn't even picked. It wasn't his number. Saul didn't pick him to the war, but how many of you know God had chosen him? Come on, somebody. And when the moment came and they tried to put the armor of Saul, the king, on David, David tried to walk out of his tent and he had not proven that armor. He hadn't wet that sword. He hadn't lifted that shield. He couldn't walk under the weight of that mail. That, that, that steel mail that was upon his, uh, you know, his chest. He couldn't wait. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't bring that into battle. But he said, there's one thing that I've proven time and time again. I've proven this sling. All I need is a piece of leather and a rock from a creek. And I can take the enemy out because the enemy, the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. Come on, somebody. Because he had a bold faith in Almighty God. And so I'm here today to tell you the principles that I'm about to drop in your heart in a, in a flurry to prepare you for a moment of prayer, but hopefully to be weapons in your pouch, if you will, have been proven in my own heart and life. I'm going to give you quickly today seven prim- principles of biblical or spiritual warfare. Well, thank you for that excitement. I'm ready to receive those. In the words of Pastor Andre, it's overwhelming. Number one, you can't fight carnally. Ha ha, I feel Jesus right there. Spiritual enemies must be fought with spiritual weaponry. And you can't walk in the flesh and fight in the spirit. Come on now, church family. You can't live a carnal life. You can't fill your mind with a lot of carnal things and expect to have the authority and the anointing to rebuke your adversary. You're going to have to make your mind up and be separated. I, I, I won't go there, but remember in the book of Numbers there in 31, they took the sanctified vessels out of the temple. You better bring your sanctification to the battle. Come on, somebody. So you can't fight carnally. And so you're going to have to understand and discern that the enemy schemes, his scheme is to pull you into the flesh. That's, that's where our accusations come from. That's where when people lie about you, the objective of the adversary is to get you to retaliate in the flesh. Because if he's pulled you in the flesh, then you're not trusting in God. But if you're walking in the spirit, you know that, that you might be in the flesh, but you're not walking according to the flesh. But you're going to wage your warfare in the spirit because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And sometimes to, in order to be who God's called you to be, it's not that you're always saying something and doing something. Sometimes you're waging your greatest battle with your mouth closed just simply having stood just standing there standing there not pulled into the carnal appetite of the flesh number two you want to fight you better be committed to prayer but not just warfare prayer 
Oh, I believe in warfare prayer. I believe in intercession. I believe that your prayer can go and you can begin to bind strongholds and engage the adversary in the context of prayer. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about broken prayer. I'm talking about humbled prayer. I'm talking about prayer that is open and confesses before God. God, I, I don't know. I might be wrestling with unbelief here, God. I need your help. I don't want to be fearful on the battleground, God. I don't want to be fearful in front of my enemy. God, you know that I'm wavering. You know the weakness of my flesh, God. I want to be honest before you. Lord, I need you in this very hour. Simon and James and John, would you watch with me? My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, and it's even unto death. The enemy's coming against me. I need your help. You better be committed to prayer, brokenness before God in prayer, because there's where you'll enlist his aid. I don't know about you, I need his help, I need his help, I need his grace, I need his goodness. You can't stand before your adversaries on your own, you're not strong enough, you're not gifted enough, come on, and there's not enough with you on this side, you need the help of God, and so you better be committed to God in prayer. Oh, I could preach about Gethsemane here if I chose to. Remember what it said about Gethsemane to Jesus? It says it was a familiar place. The reason why we struggle in spiritual warfare is because we've not made prayer a familiar place. You better be committed to God in prayer. Number three, you better arm yourself. You got to arm yourself. You know, I, I remember mentioning this. I'm going to say this one more time. I'm going to do a shout out real quick. <laughs> Jesus, I feel this. A little bit of a political connection here on this one today, and I'm not running for office. I preached a message two years ago, that one of the, to me, one of the most disheartening moments of the war in Ukraine. And I know y'all don't remember that message, but we had images of the Russian, uh, you know, what, what is the envoy that, that crossed the, the, the border from Russia into Ukraine, and began to in initiate the Ukrainian people in armed conflict. And it was then that the Ukrainian the citizens were being armed. Because they were not armed up until that time. And I stood here on this platform two years ago and said, listen, I'm as close to a pacifist as anybody. I just am. I, I'm just, I, I try to be a gentle and a peaceful person, but I believe in the right to defend yourself. And that Second Amendment right, you better arm yourself spiritually. You can't, don't wait for the government to come to arm you or don't wait for me to arm you. You better arm yourself. Come on, I'm not trying to help you and encourage you with the Word of God today. You remember, how many of you know there's armor for you? There's armor. The, the book of Ephesians 6 gives you armor and it talks about truth. You better know the truth, right? See, a lot of people do good, but they don't do the truth. I want to be a part, you know, the army that I want to be a part of, the people that are doing the truth. And you'll be able to discern the difference. And you got to have truth and you got to have righteousness and you got to have the gospel and you need faith. Faith that can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And you got to have a helmet of salvation and the word of God. And you got to be able to pray. You can arm yourself, but you can't wait for somebody to arm you. You've got to put these things on every day. Every day you got to live your life and say, I am not walking out of this house until I am spiritually and mentally prepared. That text of scripture, Paul said in Ephesians 6, he said, put on and take unto you. you got to do it. Number four. The prophet, you need a prophetic word of the priest. Not just the preacher, the priest. Come on, so who's that priest? 
He's the great high priest. Come on, that's who I want in battle with me. And you need the prophetic word. Listen, Israel was to advance in war only at the direction and the instruction of God. Being fully armed doesn't mean God is with you in battle if it's not his battle. So listen, don't go around looking for a fight. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm a devil chaser. I ain't chasing no devils in that sense. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to walk before God holy. And if the moment occurs, come on, somebody, and the Spirit of God comes upon me in that moment, then we'll chase a devil, right? I want to just wait and the prophetic word. God said, if, you got my, if God says fight, I want to fight. I love this. Moses sent the people to war. Don't enter the war to which you have not been sent. <laughs> Come on now. That's a good word right there. Sometimes it's not your battle. Now, sometimes it is, and you may have to come to somebody's aid. I'm going to touch that in just a moment. But sometimes you have to simply say, that's not my battle, right? And I've got to know when the Lord directs my steps because that's the only place of victory. I love this one. Listen, number five, fight for yourself. I believe that. You have to fight for yourself. You do. You got, you got to do this for you. Oh, well, it's another place you failed me. There's only seven, and we're on five. Come on, people. You know I'm close. Fight for yourself, but it's not always just about you. Because if you fail, you may affect generations of others. So you fight for yourself, but you're also fighting for others. Did you know there are many references in Scripture of people joining together in agreement? Agreement coming together. I, I, I won't go into all of it, but, but, but to me, I, I, I appreciate it. Because in this journey of the, the children of Israel, they're just about to get to where they're going to cross the Jordan River. But did you know there was land allotted on the east side of Jordan to two and a half tribes? And those two and a half tribes crossed the river and fought for their brothers when they had already secured the land on their side. Come on now. And so it ain't all about you. Sometimes you do things because of others. You stand because of others. Fight for yourself, fight for others. That's a principle of warfare in the kingdom of God. Number six, here's one for you today. And this one's one I probably should have closed on. But if you're overwhelmed, sometimes you just got to call for aid. Sometimes you got to say, brother, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I need somebody to come to my aid right? Jesus said, watch with me. He asked those men when he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Will somebody watch with me? There's no shame. There's no shame in your walk of faith, in your walk or your journey of faith, that if you've been engaging an adversary and the situations of life that you're going through, that you just lift a hand up and say, somebody, you know, it's not, a hand lifted up is not a surrender flag. Come on. Uh, in, in Israel, they blew the trumpet. And the trumpet was to rally the others to them. So if you're overwhelmed, call for aid. Call, call, call somebody and say, come on, I need somebody to stand with me against my enemy. Glory to God. The principle of faith in the kingdom of God. And lastly today, we're going to close here in just a moment of time with prayer. Prayer. Keep battling till the angel comes. Come on, keep on keeping on. I mean, you know, he'll come. Come on, you do your part, God will do his part. Right? You keep on. You keep on praying until the angel comes. 
Oh, my goodness. Come on now. You keep, you keep on praising until the angel comes. You're in that battle. Come on. There's a song we used to sing. It says, this is how I fight my battles. Right? I fight them, I fight them through prayer and praise. Come on. And I'm going to keep fighting my battle till the angel comes. Because when the angel comes, there's victory on the way. Listen, let's go back to Gethsemane for just a moment of time, and let's see Jesus, the Messiah of God, the Son of David, as he's engaged in spiritual warfare under the full light of the Passover moon with his disciples a stone's throw away, and they've fallen into sleep. And Jesus here has gone, and he's praying, and he's praying for victory, but his victory would come in a different way. He would not engage the enemy in armed conflict, even though Peter had a sword and was ready to fight the enemy and start the revolution, Jesus knew that the battle of that day was not about engaging the Roman army nor the Sanhedrin, but he was going to engage the adversary and to strip principalities and powers on the cross. And he would have to fight his own battle of his own flesh. And in that moment of time, and he prayed, and he said, it's hard, and I want to give up, and I need a way out. And he said, oh, Lord, I need your help. And he went to Peter, and he said, Peter, why aren't you watching with me? But he kept on praying, and when he went back to prayer, God sent the angel. And when God sends the angel, you know when he comes in because everything begins to change. And you begin to say, wait just a minute. If there be no other way, I'll drink this cup. I'll go through this battle. I'll walk through this valley. I'll keep my mouth shut when I need to keep it shut. I'll say what I need to say. I'll do what I need to do because the angel came and he gave me the strength to fight the battle. Glory to God. Man, I'm spitting like a wild man up here, but that's a good word. You just keep on until victory comes. Don't give up. The battle is not to the strong, and the race is not to the swift. So who's crowned the victor in the kingdom of God? Those who don't give up. Those who keep on fighting and say, I'm going to believe God, because if God be for me, if God be for me, if I'm walking in obedience to his word and I'm fighting his battle, if he sent me to the battle, come on then, I got the victory, glory to God. Caleb, it's you joining me on the platform today. Israel was called to war. And so are you. I know it's not exciting, but you have to face the, you have to face the reality of it. You're called to war. It, it's demanding, it's sacrificial, it's painful. Not everybody is for you, right? Some are whispering things about you. You got to just stay focused before God. You got to walk and pray for discernment. Lord, let me, let me not fight against the flesh when I need to fight against the spirit. But let me not fight against the spirit when I need to fight against the flesh. Right? There's so much. There's so many components to it. i got to get the helmet on. i got to get my belt of truth. I've got to have the breastplate of righteousness. Come on. i got to have my feet shod. i got to get up every day. got to fight the enemy. i got to mortify my flesh. i got to know what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do, what cultural battle to engage. Come on. It takes discernment. Right, we live in a generation of sophisticated warfare. The kingdom of God has always had sophisticated warfare. Right? And, and so this is what you've been called to. And even if you are not in some major spiritual battle today, somebody else in this room is, and they may need you today. 
Thank God today for the word of God. You're called to warfare. Can we go back to the title for you in closing the message? I don't know how long I preached. I've saved two cough drops for praying for people. Your journey of faith. <clears throat> I won't be able to talk tomorrow. I'll be peace at the brown house. <laughs> Sister Sharita will be like, miracle and miracles. That's a simple statement, isn't it? That's pretty simple. Who taught Sunday school to children here today? Who did? Hands over there. Right there, Kim and Joanna and others probably. That's simple. You could have taught that to your children. and they Because they, they've seen pictures of David and Goliath. They've seen pictures, that green board that you talked about, Alyssa, that Sister Casa used to have. They've seen pictures of Joshua leading the children of Israel in battle. Little cutouts st stuck to the, the sticky board. They've seen videos. You could have taught that to children. That's a simple statement. But there's a depth to it. There's a depth to it. Your journey of faith includes warfare. You've been called to the war. You have to. You have to. You have, the enemy doesn't care whether or not you want to enter the fray. If, if, you're, if you're just like, oh, pass, it doesn't matter. He will still, he still, he searches for the weak, the sickly, doesn't matter to him. Your adversary, seasons, situations, you will be far better if you embrace this belief that was preached to you today and say, if I'm journeying in faith, I got to be vigilant, I got to be armored and armed. I've got to be sensitive to the spirit. I've got to be willing to lend a hand to somebody else. Right? I know the, the people that are new say, why does your pastor always put his hands behind his ears? It's because I'm hoping to get a great big amen. So I'm like, thank you. I'm hoping to hear something I'm not hearing. As simple a statement as that is, it should stir your spirit today. Moses sent the people. We will probably journey with Israel when they cross the Jordan River into Canaan. The Canaanites did not arbitrarily leave. The people had to take it. They had to take the promises of God. The journey of faith includes warfare. Embrace that. I didn't believe that Jesus did. When Jesus came, he was casting out devils, pulling down strongholds, engaging his adversary of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious elites of his day were his adversaries, and he didn't run from them. If they said something to him, many times he came right back with the word. He contended with them. Your journey of faith is going to include warfare. Prepare yourself for the battle. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I think I've done all I can do other than give you an opportunity to be prayed with. It's 1138. I probably haven't preached that long today. No longer than two and a half hours, I'm certain. No longer. But this is real. This is real. 
I want you to think for a moment. For the majority of us under the sound of my voice, the armed conflicts that we have had in the world that the United States has been involved in in the last 30 years has been nothing more than a news broadcast to you. The majority. That's all it was. Back in the day when the only news channel was CNN, 1991, Desert Storm. I can remember it. I was active duty Air Force. Others under the sound of my voice were active duty military. CNN was reporting on all those things. From that time forward, we got many of these news agencies. That's what armed conflict is to most of us. It's something that's on in the background, white noise in the background while we're eating dinner. But there are others under the sound of my voice that those conflicts meant a lot more. It meant that you said goodbye to your family. You left the loved ones. You went through intense training. You became proficient in certain skills, including weaponry. You flew in an airplane, maybe even a cargo-type aircraft, for hours and landed in a foreign land to defend or to fight for the interests of the United States. War meant a lot more, and it was a lot different for you than it was for the others. Church family, we're all called to this war. This is not the war that can be white noise on the cable television in the background when you're talking to your family about the Danes events. This is something that we all have to willingly enter. Our time will be called. You'll be sent to the battle. Is your heart right? Do you, are you trained? Are you preparing yourself even now? Even if you're not in a season of warfare per se, are you training for that season? Are you studying the word of God? Are you learning about prayer, humbling yourself in prayer? So this is for you. This message is for you. I'm going to give a twofold invitation. You're here today, and you say, Pastor, pray with me that I, that I will grow in my preparation to be sent to the war. That's you. Be honest. Slip your hand up. That's a, that's a fair prayer. Our pray, hands ought to be going up all over the building. Number two, though, you're here today. And you say, Pastor, I'm in a battle. I'm in a true battle. I've gone through one of the toughest times of my life. It's one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through. I'm fighting. But I might need a hand today. I might need somebody to pray with me. Because when you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come forward. And then I'm going to ask you to be followed by the others, if, if possible, if possible. But I want to identify those who just say, Pastor, I need somebody. If that's you, slip your hand up. Because I'll pray with all of you. I'll anoint you with the I'll pray with you. I'll stand with you. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I'm in a battle right now. Slip your hand up across the room today. I see that hand right there. See that hand over there? Who else? Come on. That hand right there? Come on, church family. Be honest. Listen. Listen, you got time. If you don't have time for this, if we don't have time for this, then we don't need this church. 
If we can't come to the aid of our brother or sister in Christ and come alongside and help them in this battle right now, stand with them against their enemy, I believe we can. Don't you, church family? Well, all of you stand up with me today, if you would. It is right now, it is 1142. I'm going to ask those that raised their hand. There was only five or six, maybe not even that many, that raised their hand to the second invitation that said, I'm in a battle and I need the help of God. There is no shame. If there was shame in asking somebody to fight with you, then Jesus is shamed because he went to his three closest and said, I'm in a battle and I need somebody to watch with me. That's all you're doing. I'm in a battle and I need somebody to watch with me. I'm in a battle, and I need somebody to watch with me. God is good. Many of you, the overwhelming majority of you that are at the front of this church, you know about spiritual warfare. You know this is not your first fight. This is not the first time that you have been engaged in what you almost felt like were death throes, like, a, like, like, like this is life or death. I want to remind you today that if you're fighting God's battle, then we're going to call for his aid. We're going to call for his aid. We're going to pray for you. I'll anoint you with oil. Now, I want, I want to ask men and women to come around behind these, as you see here. And if I don't get you with the anointing oil initially, don't leave, because I'll anoint you with oil here today. And we're going to, just, we're going to be gentle to you. We're, we're not going to fight you today. We're going to fight with you today. We're going we're gonna to just stand alongside. I'm going to stay mic'd up if you're okay with that, church family. If that bothers you, I hope not. But I'm going to just stay uh, mic'd up so we can just join our faith together. Now, church family, everybody can't rally around these. Everybody can't. We know that. But everybody can rally in prayer right where you're at. So if you didn't come to the front, can you kind of extend a hand? We just believe God today. Come on. We just believe God. We're just praying for the faith of God. And the strength of God. Father, we're praying, God, in the name of Jesus, that you're going to equip Jared for this battle. You're going to equip him supernaturally, Lord, in this conflict that he finds himself in, God. That, Father, it might feel overwhelming at times, but, God, I pray, Lord, that the word of faith will rise in his heart, God, and he will be confident in the Lord in Jesus' name. God, I saw Sister Goldie's hand go up today, God. And I anoint her with oil in the name of Jesus today. And this battle that she fights, come on, somebody. We pray with her. We stand alongside of her. She's a warrior, God. She's a warrior in the spirit. And she has ran to the aid of many over the years, God. And now we run to her aid. Come on, we pray for her. We pray for Sister Elaine. God, in the name of Jesus today, God, we run to her. Strengthen her strengthen her today. Isn't that right, Sister Mason? We prayed with her. We stand with her today, Father, in this battle. God, she might fight, but she's not fighting alone. Now listen, you, you stand and you continue to pray in Jesus' name today. God, I anoint angel with oil today, God. I pray for her, my sister. Lord, I pray for her, God, in the name of Jesus, that God, that you put an anointing on her life that, Father, that the adversary and the accusations cannot penetrate. I pray that over her today. I'm reminded of when Jesus was at Nazareth. He just turned and walked right through the midst of an angry crowd. And, God, I pray you put such an anointing in her heart, God, 
in the name of the Lord. God, I pray for Charlene today, God, and you brought her to our fellowship. God, you brought her here today, God, and Father, a heart that's been wounded and hurt, God, in times gone by, God, and just kind of just fluttered just a little bit. The pain caused her to flutter in faith just a little bit. And now, God, in the name of Jesus, there's a stirring. You say, Pastor, what is that? That's the word of faith. See, the word of faith is near you. It's in your heart, and it's in your mouth. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, I lay hands on her today, God, to believe. Father, I'm going to believe for restoration, renewing, God, in the name of the Lord. What the enemy, God, when the enemy is found out, he had to restore fourfold. God, I'm going to believe, Father, for restoration, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, I thank God for Brother Larry and Sister Della today, God, and we just fight with them. Come on, we fight with them. They're our brothers and sisters. They're our warriors. They get down in the, in the trench. They get down in the foxhole, God, with others. And we get in their foxhole today. And we lift up our weaponry. And we stand against the enemy. And we rebuke the enemy on her behalf in the name of Jesus. And we bind up the unclean thing and the spirit that comes against her. Father, that thing that comes against her, God, I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I pray for divine healing and virtue in her life, God, I pray over her today by the word of faith. It is a word of faith. And oh, Anita is a warrior in Jesus' name. She's run many a devil off with that cane. And God, today I come alongside of her, Father, in Jesus' name, to pray that as she wages her warfare, her battle, she is fighting, but she is not fighting alone. Lord, we stand with her. She stood with me. Father God, her father was a Father God was a warrior, and he had that warring spirit, God. And, and Father, you kept him in the natural, and God, and now you're keeping her in the spirit, God. You're keeping her and preserving her, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And I know, Father God, that Vanessa, God, has been going through many battles as of late. But Father, I believe, Father, see, God, uh, two years ago, Vanessa, you were not fit for the battle. Two years ago, you were walking according to the flesh. And because you were walking according to the flesh, you could not engage your adversary in battle. But now you're walking, bringing the sanctified vessel from the tabernacle in the name of Jesus. And therefore, the Lord is fighting on your behalf in Jesus' name. So, God, I pray, strengthen her in the spirit. God, strengthen Alyssa in the spirit, God, and the battle that she's going through. Father, and the fight. Father, and the things, and all the things that I could that I don't want to be mic'd up right now when I say, but Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over her life right now. I plead no weapon formed against you shall prosper, but all those that rise up against you shall fall. Great is the army of the Lord. Great is the Lord of the army, and God is your he is your commander, and he has led you into battle, and he's going to keep you, and he's going to preserve you in the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God. And you can't fight in the flesh. You've got to fight in the Spirit. For the weapons of your warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds in Jesus' name. But I feel brokenness, God, right here with Angie and Jarrett today. God, just a heaviness. God, in my heart, with all these that are close here together with them, we just come to them. And we just journey. We just join our hearts. And you have fought with us. You have fought with all of us. You have run. 
you have leapt in the foxhole of many of us, and you have prayed even even when even when we didn't know it, you were you were in the foxhole praying. You were praying for for Joe and Ann. You were praying for Pastor Brown and Sister Sherry. You were praying for our children, and and now's our time to pray for you and to pray for your family and to run to you in faith and to charge you in faith to believe the word of God to hide it in your heart. It is the sword of the Spirit. Did you hear that? It is the word of God. It is the sword of the Spirit. And you speak the word of faith. And you speak and you do not doubt. You speak and you do not doubt. And you pull down strongholds. And you speak to mountains and you command them to go. And you command them to move. And you pull those things down. And you refuse to doubt. You refuse unbelief. And when it tries to hide in your heart or in your life or in your mind, you say, no, absolutely not. I will believe the word of God. And I will shake off unbelief. And I will speak the word of faith. That is the sword of the Spirit. It is the Word of God. It's in your heart and in your mouth. That is the Word of faith. Psalm 103, I'm going to just prophesy it over you. The children of the servants of the Lord, they shall continue and they shall be established. The children of the servants of the Lord, they shall continue and they shall be established. And so, God, we speak the prophetic word, God, and we will give no place, not one moment, not one hour to the unbelief of the adversary. We will give him no place, God. But, Father, we rebuke him today in Jesus' name, and we join our faith with Jared and Angie's, God. We just join it. We join it together in faith, God. Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that the things that you say shall come to pass, then you will have whatsoever you say. So, God, that is the word of faith. It is near us, and it is in our heart. And it is in our mouth, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we join with Larry and we join with Allison and others have been praying for them already. And I just come alongside of them, Father. They're warriors. Now, come on, they're warriors. Come on, they're warriors. They fight. Uh, Larry's a scrapper from days gone by. Uh, he'll pull up those flip-flops and jump right into the battle. It doesn't matter who. If, it's, if that's his brother or his sister, he'll jump right in. And, and he'll fight, uh, Father, in the natural and in the spirit. But this is not a natural battle here. This is greater than your natural prowess. This is greater than your ability. This is of the Spirit of God. Sometimes in the natural, you might could overwhelm somebody by natural strength. But now it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit that would quicken. It's the Spirit that's inside of you. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit. And, and God's battles are fought differently at times. I thought about that farther. I want to go a little bit farther. I want you to go with me before Jesus when he was standing before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate represented the Roman authorities that had the right to condemn him or to free him. And he asked Jesus the question. And he said, won't your servants fight? And he said, now, not at this time is that time. No, they're not going to fight in the natural. It's because Jesus had a spiritual battle. He had a spiritual battle that he was going to fight on that tree. And then he was also going to fight a spiritual battle from the time that he gave up the ghost in the time of his resurrection. He was going to spoil principalities and powers. And it, that's why he was dumb. He opened not his mouth because he didn't want to give the adversary any knowledge of what was about to take place. And so he knew what to say and what not to say. Come on, somebody. I feel the Spirit of God on that. That's what you're going to have to do. It's going to be a little bit different. And it's not going to just be, you know, that I'm going to say this or I'm going to do that sometimes. The greatest battle is fought in temperance. 
Oh, do you feel that? That's the Spirit of God. Sometimes that's the greatest battle is to fight it in temperance and to trust the Lord. Self-control, waiting on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord because, again, victory only comes when the angel comes. Come on, in that ride, that's when victory comes, when the angel comes. And so, God, I'm so thankful, God. And, God, I bless them today. I bless them, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Let the Spirit of God work these truths in Larry. God, work them deep into his spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. And he'll equip you to the battle, Brother Larry. He will. God will equip you to the battle. Hallelujah. The battle's not yours. You know, there are times that the children of Israel had to run to battle. There are other times that the Scripture just says, God said. God said that you don't even raise a, a voice. Don't even do anything to this battle I got. And you've got to know what time and season. You've got to discern the moment. You've got to discern the moment. God, give them discernment. Come on, who feels, I feel that. Give them discernment. Discern the moment. Discern it so that, that, that you won't fall prey to just your impulses. That it'll be the Spirit, quickened by the Spirit. Quickened by the Spirit of the Lord in Jesus' name today. Was there anybody that was, needed to be anointed with oil that wasn't anointed with oil? That's in this line right here. Anybody? You can. You can. You want to take the oil there? I tell you, all sure can. Come on, church family. Pray for the preacher. Oh, fathers, we come to you in the name of Jesus, God, our leader, our shepherd, our pastor is admitted to us. Lord, there's a struggle going on right now. There's things in his life that's, Lord, they've been weighing on his mind and weighing on his heart god we know the obvious that's going on now as a as a dad i can't imagine what he's going through with all the things around him right now and god there's times that he's probably wanted to fight physically there's times he's wanted to fight with words but god you've you've given him the strength lord you give him the strength this morning to preach the word you give him the strength this morning to come around and just have compassion and love for all these ones that are struggling in this spiritual battle. But God, we got to know and understand that he struggles with things too. He deals with things too. His family goes through things too. And God, they've been willing to stand up and take a stand for you right now and to do something, Lord, that's just completely out of the ordinary. So God, I just pray that you strengthen them right now yes, in, the in the name of Jesus. God, that you strengthen Lord, this family and you help them in this time of need. God, that you clear their minds, you clear their hearts, God, that you strengthen them spiritually, Lord, that they're just overflowing and overwhelmed with your spirit right yes. now, God, and just yes, so in love with you right now. They just feel your presence in such yes. a mighty way. And God, that it just overflows to this group of people in this congregation, God. God, I just pray that you just continue to be with them, Lord, just yes. to help them to focus on you in this time of need, God, that their focus wouldn't be distracted by the devil, Lord, of, of all the things in this world, but God, their focus would be on you, Lord, to help strengthen this community, to help strengthen this church, and help strengthen our nation, God, for all that you're going to do with them, God. God, I just praise you for this opportunity to be able to lift them up in prayer, and God, I pray that we wouldn't stop praying for our pastor and his family, God, God, because they're important to him. We love them very much, God, and I know that the enemy attacks them from time to time, God, in ways that we can't even imagine. 
But God, I just pray that you help them, Lord. Yes. Lord, and when you bring them to our mind, when you bring them to our heart, God, we'll stop what we're doing and we'll lift them up in prayer. Yes. Yes, God, we love you and we thank you so much for all that you do for us. God, I thank you for him and his family. God, I pray that you just help them to have discernment through this season that they're going through right now, God, because discernment is so important that we don't pray enough for, God. God, because you can give us discernment in so many situations. Yes. Every situation. Yes, Lord. God, and through discernment, you'll bless us in a mighty way. Yes. We yes, love Lord. you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' yes. name I pray. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thank you, Brother Billy. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to add just a quick agreement to that as you are dismissed. Father God, we're so grateful for one another. We're grateful for one another. We're grateful that, God, there was no shame in lifting a hand up and saying, I, I, I need the aid of somebody to come to me. God, this word that was sown in the hearts of this church family, God, it's got to go with them. This got, this got to carry them through the week. They got to think about it and ponder it and know that they've been called to the battle. God, we might be like Esther. We've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. So help us, God. Bless, bless men and women as they go out into the, the world this week. Let them go fully armed. Father God, walking in accordance to faith, Lord. I bless them in Jesus' name. All God's children said amen and amen. Listen, love one another.